0: Hi, I'm Jen. I'm Sybil. And I'm Sophia. And you're listening to a special one year anniversary edition of Every Romcom, the podcast where we have fun taking romantic comedy seriously.
1: On this episode, we'll share some of our favorite episodes and memories from the first year of Every Romcom.
0: We'll talk about our picks for the most underrated romcoms. And we'll share some of our other favorite movies from outside the romcom genre as we celebrate our first year of podcasting you <laughs> Yeah, I'm here with like the two OGs, I guess. Like you guys are like the first people I podcasted with. But then we realized in the pre-show banter that you two have not been on the same episode since episode five of Clueless. Mm -hmm. Clueless,
1: yeah. That boggles
0: my mind. (laughs) It, it really, we all we all sat around and like,
1: no. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And like a lot has changed, like both in the podcast and in our lives since then. So it's like weird to me. But I'm glad that I've got you both, Sybil and Sophia, back here again, reunited. Thank you I for it coming. Feels so, good. So, good. <laughs> so
2: good. I know.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, see, we're you're right on. We're right on. And I wish we could have Serena on the episode, but we are like such busy women right now that like we all have different schedules that conflict with each other. So yeah, it was not to be
1: that <laughs> she's on a boat. So well, why is this funny? <laughs> so I have a story. So I went to aesthetic school with a girl who, like this lady, who was on a boat, and people would call her Lob because lady on a boat, and she had no idea why we called her Lob. And I didn't know for forever why she was Lob. I thought her, that was her real name. And then one day I was like, well, what about Lob? And people are like, no, no, you don't call her Lob in front of her. I'm like, why? And they're like, that's not her name. I'm like, I thought that was her name. So actually every time I talk about Serena on a boat, I just think about Lob. Uh, lady on a boat. <laughs> uh, yes.
2: So wait, like you never spoke to her, but you just thought that was her name. And so I thought that you- was
1: her name. I thought her name was Lob because like I don't pay attention to things. And, like, I would never make fun of somebody by calling them lob. Like, right. that's not even, like, funny, lo- lob. Like, that's just stupid.
0: It probably means something in some other language, but I yeah. Mean, if yeah. it
1: does, dear listeners, please tell us. But I think it's just lob <laughs> lady on a boat.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure it just was in that context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a language nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so... I wanted to ask before we begin our anniversary episode, we're in a new year and I'm like a new year person. I'm a resolutions person. I'm a like start over person. I know not everyone is, but I was wondering if you guys have like a main goal for the year or something that you really want to get done in 2022.
1: Um, I actually just did this on my other podcast and my I was like, set the bar really low. Just don't get shivved by
0: 2022.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Like, that, that's the goal. The goal is, like, it just – I don't want to be, like, stabbed in the back this year by it.
0: And how do you achieve this goal?
1: Um, I look backwards a lot and just hope for the best. You sleep with one eye open and have no plans for this year besides not getting shipped.
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, I wow. support you in that goal, but I hope that even better things come of it. So, yes.
2: Um, I, I do goals, like, all the time, and I, I yeah. don't – so I'm not like a New Year's resolution-y kind of person. It's just like, you know, start whenever, you know, start today yeah, kind of a thing. Yeah. So, but I did lose, strangely enough, like all this time on my hands during pandemic. I didn't run. I s- stopped running, essentially. I would go out a little bit and like hurt myself and blah. So <laughs> this year, it's t- it's reclaiming my... My love for it and um went ahead and signed up for a 10k and a half marathon with my sister-in-law oh, i'm wow. like oh my god, a half i haven't done that for like 10 years i did i did one 10 years ago so that's that's on well the i support you in that horror so it, it is kind yeah. of a horror but i'm like yeah
0: <laughs> yeah like that's exciting i don't you. know yeah when's it happening
2: the ten k, so we're in January now, right? The ten k yeah. is in May, so okay. okay, so that's six miles, and yeah, that's how many that's months? Doable. Yeah, that's plenty. And then, and then, right, the the half marathon is in October, so I uh, ten months time. for that.
0: Yeah, you got time. Yeah, what? Is, so you're the resolution girl. What is it this year? Yeah, now? what are you doing? So yeah, I'm trying to do too many things probably, but I would, I try, uh-huh. I've tried to like narrow down, like what's the main thing I want to do? And it's basically to concentrate on all facets of career, which includes like trying, I'm at a library now working at a library, but I'm part time. I want to get a better position there eventually. And I'm trying to finish the screenplay yes. and I want our podcast to reach more listeners. So I'm yes. trying to concentrate on like. All types of things related mm-hmm. to career and creativity. So right on. I'm feeling a lot of energy behind that right now. So, but what not always many hours in the day. <laughs> I know. That yeah. is true. That is true. And now we're going to just start the episode um, with a quick look back at our first year of podcasting. I just wanted to start by asking you guys, um, what was your favorite episode to actually record? Like, not necessarily how it turned out, but like when you were recording it, like, were there any episodes that you just really got a kick out of doing?
1: I, I enjoyed love actually a ton. Yeah, (laughs) I did. I did. And I think it's actually because we, we, we rated like, I, I think we rated them in order and I really enjoyed that format.
0: Yeah, we rated the storylines in order. Yeah, like I really enjoyed photo. that, yeah. <laughs> which th- we thought were the best story. It was really fun. I have that actually on a several that I- was most fun for me too, because yeah, and it was it was fun finding out what you guys thought about the storylines. And thought.
1: I got a lot of engagement from my clientele who wound up listening to the episode and then talking to me about it later.
0: Oh, that's a- that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah did did they have any big disagreements
1: with you? Not really, but they were just like they were just like oh my god, like I forgot that movie even existed, or I hated that sh- movie, and then I did go back and li- watch it again, and you know after I listened, and you know so just like it kind of spawned conversation again. Yeah, and a lot of people do feel that it
2: ages very poorly. <laughs> that makes me happy because I can't <laughs> stand <understand> it. <laughs> it makes me very happy too. So, were there any that were particularly fun for you to oh. record? Um, I really enjoyed the recording of the uh, before trilogy. Mm. Those were just, uh, I don't know, really just thought provoking and I don't know,
0: honest and just, I don't know, I think we went deep there and, and those were lovely. One thing about the Before Trilogy, Sophia, is that Serena told me she listened to the Before Midnight episode, even though she'd never seen the movie. And then even though she'd never seen the movie, she really liked the episode. And then she recommended the Before Midnight episode to some of her friends for relationship advice. Because we talked so much about relationships we did, and long-term relationships in that episode. Yeah. And those were like episodes 15 through 17. And yeah, it yeah. was they were very thought-provoking. Yeah. And they stuck out for me, too. Aww.
2: <laughs> I'm going to get emotional now. Oh,
0: memory lane. And it wasn't that long ago. No, I want to put in, um, I really, I put love actually on my list of ones I enjoyed recording. I had long shot on my list and that was like very early on with you and me, mm-hmm. stable. And I just yes. liked all the, like the sort of discussions we had that were kind of like more about politics or philosophy that were mm-hmm. really interesting that came up. And then, but one, one other that I really loved was lost in translation. That was such an interesting episode. We had so many different perspectives, and then I loved we did our first every rom com theater. I think for that episode, <laughs> where where we all like did different parts yeah. of the, of like a scene in the movie, and we need to do more every rom com theater. I feel yeah, like. yeah, we do.
2: <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> yes, I forgot <laughs> should, about that,
0: and that is such a good time. And then I wanted to ask, what is your favorite episode for how it turned out? Like if you listened back to it, and you're like, yeah, that that was that rocked.
1: Moonstruck for me. I really, because I knew Moonstruck was a really h- intense episode. And listeners, if you, you only get to hear the final version, but it was a really long episode, had a bunch of stuff in it. And Jen's editing was really good. It was one of the, was it first episode? One of the first episodes. It was It was a very intense episode. And I know that when we finished, I was like, I don't know, that's going to be a hot mess. But it actually turned out really amazing.
0: For how it turned out, my favorite was the entire Before Trilogy, but actually Before Sunrise, most of all, I think. I don't know. Like like those discussions were so good and deep and like when I listen to it it's it feels like it's more than a podcast about a movie. It feels like a podcast about our lives and maybe that speaks to kind of the content of those movies, you know that mm-hmm. there's so much to discuss and so we could really share some pieces of ourselves in the, in those episodes. So, yeah. And Sophia, have you still listened to the podcast or <laughs> not? I need no. to know no are you serious okay so we're one year out listeners and Sophia has not listened to the podcast listen you know it's not fair I should listen to the ones that I'm
2: not on because I am curious (laughs) like oh I wonder how that went and I couldn't make it that one duh um but I don't want to hear myself again I've said what I've (laughs) had to say I've said yeah. what I had to say and now it's out in the void and I don't want to go back and be like, God, that's so dumb and or whatever, like right there. What if I go back and be like, geez, so just talk normal. Like, what's that stupid void? So I think I'll be far <laughs> too self critical to enjoy it. Does that make sense?
1: That is Sorry. a very
2: I mean, that's a very artist way.
1: Like there are lots of my, you know, actor clients who are like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't watch my own
0: work. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, I won't scold you anymore. No more Thank scolding, you. Sophia. All right. <laughs> also, finally, I want to know what is like the least favorite movie that we rec- that you recorded on? Like the one where you're just like, why did I have to watch this movie? Why did I have to talk about it? <laughs> I got one. Right okay. Away. Right away. Okay.
2: She's the man.
0: Jeez. <laughs> yeah, okay, That was the episode where you kept... Like you started out rating it like a two or something. And by the end of the episode, <laughs> you gave it like, like a half star.
1: <laughs> <Like> zero.
0: <laughs> that, that movie's terrible. I agree.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I actually chose it too. However, I do. It grew on me a little bit. Weirdly. Like, like I guy? could watch it again. I could, if I yeah. if it was just on TV and I was just really lazy, I'd probably just watch it. I'd be like, Oh, there's Channing Tatum. He's all right like
1: no, no no all right well you didn't
0: you didn't podcast on that one sybil so you have to choose a different it. one
1: i think i've tried to dodge all the ones that i like would really really hate i like, <laughs> like i'm not i'm not because i don't want to watch that again it's one thing if like i haven't seen it before or like i watched it and i was like i remember i recall like not really loving it that much but like it didn't like make me wish i was dead
2: She's the man made me feel that way. I never, I had never seen it before because I knew when it came out. I'm like, that looks stupid, and (laughs) and then I watched it, and I was right, and um, extra right. So, but you know what? It did come out of that. I did reread um, what's it based on, and I watched it like a nice shakespearean version of it like twelfth that was night. fun yeah 12th night. night i was about to say measure for measure i'm like that's not right so 12th
0: night yeah so that yeah. goodness came out of it <laughs> I, I learned, and i actually learned a lot of interesting things too about just like um the whole gender toys thing and gender roles stuff like research that i read was super interesting for that episode fe- yeah i think yeah. like we actually like added a lot of like interesting content to that episode even though it wasn't like you know like the best movie. So yeah. segueing from like well interesting things I learned, um, I wanted to know if there's like any surprising or interesting facts or things that you learned about the movies that we covered, like that you wanted to share about. I don't remember if there's any interesting facts, but I will say that i it's been my
1: favorite part of doing this with you is that the depth of research that you've gone into, because like, I'll think I, like, I, I'm like, I know this movie pretty well and I understand the backstory whatever, you know, I, I understand film and everything. And then I'll be like, I didn't know that, That's like mm-hmm. Warm Bodies, I knew a lot about Warm Bodies because I read the books and I've read a bunch of stuff in the books. And I, there was a bunch of, I was like, I didn't know any of that. There was like a bunch of, there were like two movies that I didn't even know that the writer had done that I've gone back and watched and I've really enjoyed So there you go. So you're, you you know, you're doing, you're doing God's work.
0: (laughs) I'm Uh, a nerd. I'm a nerd. (laughs) No,
2: no, I love it. But that's what, that's exact same thing I was going to say. It's the, it's the research that we've done and the interesting things that we've gotten to learn from what we've just like, you know, found out from ourselves, but also just um, the other my other co-hosts reactions or their experiences like serena working at a summer camp and when we did wet hot american summer she was like yeah. oh yeah like she i that was awesome <laughs> that, that she so <laughs> oh man i know she's like that's 100 percent true oh yeah we were out <laughs> drinking when the kids were in bed like you know like the whole deal that was awesome so and people's <laughs> experience who lived in japan and when we talked about lost in translation that was so much fun yeah. so that's been my favorite stuff i think
0: yeah uh-huh. i actually i brought like i have like three three movies that i just like wanted to highlight that i learned interesting things first so, like when we did bell book and candle which was like yes. episode three like yeah. i learned so much about like sort of the history of witchcraft laws in britain and like the what the meaning of pie and like all these mm-hmm. weird like the familiars and demons that they were writing about, in these weird witch trials—like there was so much interesting stuff, like back background stuff that I learned for that one. Um, then Twister, like I really loved researching tornadoes oh, for yeah. Twister. Like episode nineteen, man, it could save your life. Like <laughs> we did. we were like safety features, people. This is what you do, and you know, had an and outline. Yeah, and it's basically nothing like what you do in the movie Twister. I mean, I mean don't, that, try that, to, that, don't try
1: to hide outside in a ditch. It's not going to work out. Don't hold on to a bar. Well, you're going to
0: die. The ditch part isn't bad. The ditch part isn't bad. What they got wrong was like under the um, overpass. I'm not going to get into the whole details again. But right. like, yeah, <laughs> you. if you have no other choice, you are supposed to get really low to the ground, though. And like, make sure no air can get under you. Like if you're out, if you have no other choice but to be outside. Mm-hmm. But like, I learned weird stuff for that. Like, I knew tornado safety pretty well because I'm a Midwestern girl and I'm a worrywart but like I learned new stuff like like that you should actually wear a bicycle helmet if you can even in addition to hiding in your basement or or use a metal colander if you don't have that (laughs) and I'm like there's like entirely new ideas I have for tornado safety now out of this movie okay and then I have one final one like I was like not really big on doing Roman Holiday when we did that that was like one of Soph's choices but like the things I learned about it were fascinating and just learning about Dalton Trumbo, the screenwriter and how he was part of the Hollywood 10, you know, mm-hmm. and the McCarthy is McCarthyism era. That was so interesting to me and moving. And it led to me researching more about him and watching movies about him. And like, yeah, like these these movies can lead you down like, the most interesting pathways. So yeah. Leading on from that, has this podcast, has doing the podcast, we all started out rom-com fans. I'm assuming you still are. um, But has it changed your view of rom-coms in any way of the genre? No, it hasn't changed my
2: view. But all the things that have the problems with rom-coms still hold up. Like For instance, Leap Year had all of the cliches. Remember? (laughs) We were like, oh, they did that. Oh, and that. Oh, and that. The thing that's still interesting to me about rom coms is when those tropes work and when they don't, and like why, and like what was it, and and then because we get down to it, we're like, oh, well, the writing maybe, and or maybe it was the direction, or something, or there was just wasn't chemistry between those actors. That's the fun part of finding out about what makes a rom com work or not, and that's why I like rom coms, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for me, one thing that like I've res- I've come to respect rom coms as a genre more, and I mean partially, I mean maybe I'm just, because the podcast is taking a very wide net, like in bringing in mm. things that aren't necessarily traditionally thought of as rom coms, but even the traditional ones, I just have like a lot of respect for, really like what go how much goes into making one perfect, like you said, some work and some don't, and to make a perfect one, you really need to bring these elements together, and how much extra like cultural stuff you can find in most of these movies. Like mm-hmm. even if they didn't put there intentionally. Um, One other thing though, that I've really noticed about rom-coms in the last year, like I knew that there wasn't a lot of great representation of like uh people of color in the rom-com genre. There just ha- isn't that much. Um, but this has really highlighted it because like you can find like black led rom-coms and um, rom-coms led by other non-white people, but like, there's not like so many of them like that. It's easy if you're putting together a series on summer rom-coms or like mm-hmm. wedding rom-coms, you don't find like tons and tons of them. Right. Whereas if you just want white people in a rom-com, you can take your pick of a whole bunch of them. So it's really highlighted for me, the need for even just like more representation. And like when those movies are made, sometimes they get kind of siloed off. Like you, they're not promoted as well. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to dig, to find them sometimes. And And that was definitely the case growing up. I don't think we saw a lot of them come through our theaters. So yeah, I just hope there's more and more representation and we're going to try to bring more in. Sometimes putting together a series, it's hard to get that representation in, but I'm working on it. I just want to let our listeners know that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything for you, Sybil? Anything that's changed over the year, like of just looking at all these different movies?
1: Um, you know, I always thought for me, like I went through like my list of like what I consider a rom-com and like what I consider a rom-com is not as narrow as what would be considered like a rom-com rom-com. So like I actually consider any kind of comedy that has a romantic element that their romance is kind of like moving the plot forward in some way, a rom-com um and sometimes it's even like a drama like a dramedy moving it forward and so i found that like you know but like it might not be considered a rom-com to other people and i actually found that more of more of the things that i always thought there were rom-coms people like that's not a rom-com and i'm like i i thought it was (laughs) i like i thought it was a rom-com but they're like no no no, it's not it's not like silly enough And i'm like wait you think Uh, the rom-coms have to be silly yeah And so that's what I think has really been great about the show is that we have taken a more broad view of kind of what, what is romantic comedy in general?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's important to me just to like make people think a little bit, rethink their conception of like romantic comedy, what the genre is and what it can do really. Right.
1: Yeah. Like when we did like, you know, we did some um, like romance and horror, you know, I mean, they might not be considered strictly romantic comedy, but like. You know, take a broader view, and suddenly you you do have it. It's
0: there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, more bodies, really. Like, come yeah. on, like, it's based on run- I a mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> You people. Yeah, and one just one that the boy happens to be a zombie. That's all. <laughs> that's it.
1: That's it. That's it.
0: <laughs> no. So
1: I like I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed that a lot about doing this particular podcast is just like the making me look at romantic like my thoughts of like what i thought was romantic comedy and then sharing that with other people and being having conversations about that with people
0: cool all right now we're going to get into the topic of what are our three most underrated rom-coms and i think we will trade off on this okay we'll each do one and then pass it off and um i'm not doing i don't it's not like a top three for me anyway they're just like i'm not like they're not in order but um I'll go ahead and start off. And it'll be interesting if any of us choose the same ones, although I doubt it. I think it'd be really astronomical odds. But my first most underrated rom-com is 1991's Impromptu which is yes. a oh, good one. <laughs> Which is a period piece. And it's about the romance between George Sand, the French novelist and uh, Frederick Chopin. And it's got an amazing cast. It's yeah. like Hugh Grant is in there as Chopin. Judy Davis plays George Sand. And then you've got Julian Sands from like Room with a View is in there as Franz Liszt. Bernadette Peters is in there, Mandy Patinkin. You got Emma Thompson showing up in this amazing comedic role that very few people have seen. I remember that from high school. You'd be like, oh, the birds in the sky. Oh, Jen,
2: that's hilarious. You also have the
0: stupid, stupid rain. (laughs) right it's an amazing movie so few people have seen it and it's really really good and I hope I think we'll cover it at some point we'll do like period pieces or true life romances or something I I
1: love that movie it's so good
0: yeah like it's delicious well I'm glad you guys agree yeah so yeah impromptu guys check it out it's
1: funny because I don't have that in my list as a romantic comedy at all that's not but, on like my, it,
0: but it like so is it like, is
1: you're absolutely correct but yeah like when i went through my list of like looking for my romantic comedy is like that's in my drama not my romantic interesting. comedy Interesting. yeah
2: yeah it is uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. oh i've got one so i'm gonna put down also i do not have mine in any particular order i literally just picked out movies that i feel that people probably haven't seen or maybe they watched and then like poo-pooed it at some point in time but they if they do a rewatch they might really enjoy So mine is, my first is The Truth About Cats and Dogs, which is from 1996. Mm -hmm. And it's got Janine Garofalo, Ben Chaplin, and Uma Thurman in it. Mm -hmm. And it also has a pretty interesting, like, cast of other people. And it's about, like, you know, a vet who has, like, a a talk show. And it has a lot of, like, body positivity questions about, like, what it's like to actually be thin and not feel good about yourself and to be like a person who like lives with that and looks at that and like wonders about themselves and i actually think that those topics are very relevant in this day and age
0: yeah yeah serena said that she liked that too at one point it's a really good film yeah
2: cool oh so uh my uh again in no particular order um but return to me is i've talked about it before on like a now streaming and maybe have put it as a double feature for things um it's co-written but solely directed by um bonnie hunt and she is a supporting role in it and um it stars minnie driver and david Duchovny, and uh takes place in chicago where i have roots and where bonnie hunt is from so i love that um And it's about a woman who, um, needs a heart transplant and she receives it. Um, that's mini driver on the same night that David Duchovny's wife, uh, they're in a car accident. So, um, and it's about how like those two meet and you know, that this heart kind of brought them together and it's like, you know, a little has a little touch of magic in there, which is sweet. And it's a fun ensemble. I think it's super sweet. I love that Bonnie wrote it and directed it just as, you know, yeah. Power to her. And it's, it's a lovely film. Like it's, I think it has all the romantic um, elements.
0: Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think it's really funny. Uh, Jim Belushi's in it too he's hilarious and Bonnie's funny and uh, just a funny supporting cast.
0: Yeah. I'd love to do a series maybe on women. I mean, we've done women directors and in other instances, but just to do a whole series of women directors too, at some point would be kind of mm-hmm. cool. Or women and, specifically
2: for rom-com, right? Because I feel yeah. like they're called, you know, they're chick flicks, which is not a positive uh, mm-hmm. thing, but to like have smart women making smart romantic films, you know, I think that's, part of the reason I love it so much. And it just holds up.
0: Okay, my second my second pick I've talked about on the show before. I've definitely talked about on now, on now streaming, and maybe maybe recommended as a double feature. It is also from the nineties, nineteen ninety three, The Wedding Banquet, which is one of Ang Lee's early films. Um, yeah, and it's so good. It's like, um, it's not really traditionally a rom com, like it's sort of more of like a family farce comedy. But like, I really appreciate the romance between the gay males in the movie. Like, it just, they have so much chemistry and love, even though they're a couple that's already together. It's also a movie about just like cross cultural um, difficulties because one of the members of the couple is Taiwanese and his parents don't know that he's gay and involved with somebody. And it's a really heartwarming story and very funny. And I think if you like Ang Lee's work, you're really missing out if you're not watching this movie. He made a lot of these charming family pictures that were kind of rom with rom com elements when he was first starting out. So yeah. check that out. Yeah,
1: um, when Aquafina's The Farewell came out, this is the movie that I actually thought about because Me I too. actually didn't, I didn't like The Farewell. I thought it was really oh, boring.
0: Well, I like. That I thought
1: too. it was really boring, but I thought because what I cared about is I actually wished that the story had been more about. I think I wish it had been a rom-com or a, a, a more of a romance between what was about the couple who was like doing that fake wedding. And I was like, I wanted to watch Ang Lee's this film again, <laughs> like, and less about whatever was going on with Aquafina's family. And that's literally what I thought
0: when I finished. <laughs> the, ban- the banquet sees the banquet because sequence in that movie really reminded me of the wedding. Because banquet, that's what yes.
1: everybody talked about during um, the farewell is that like, Oh, they got the culture and they could really feel the culture and da 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, I already got that. I, I did. Did you did you see did you see this other movie? Because that it was the same.
0: But however, like there sh- should be like able to be many many versions right, of the like, Chinese that, wedding. I, like, I felt that the story that was the story yeah. I
1: wanted to hear. Like because yeah. I was much more interested in their story.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. As
1: a rom com viewer, I was much more interested yeah. in that.
0: Well, I really, I would like to cover that one this year if we get yeah, a chance. Yeah, I, I would like, too. That would
1: be a fun. That would be a fun one to do. I like think we're overdue
0: a for a wedding series. We need a wedding series. Absolutely, <laughs> that
1: would be so much fun. I, I would enjoy that. Um, I'm going to bring up um, a movie that, by the way, is incredibly hard to find and to get because it's one of my favorite rom coms. It's called The Year of the Comet,
0: huh. and
1: yeah, have you seen it?
0: No, no. I haven't heard of it.
1: Okay, so I have it, I had a bootleg copy for years because up until maybe I think it was two years ago, you couldn't even get a DVD of it in America, and it has uh, Penelope Ann Miller and Tim Daly and Ian Richardson in it, and it's essentially a movie about this chick who she has she has a a bottle of wine that was done in the year of the comet, which was the Napoleonic era of the new year of the comet, and she's auctioning it off. And it has like a bunch of stuff, hijinks happen, and they fall in love. That's essentially what it's about. But it's one of my absolutely favorite romantic comedies.
0: Hmm. Nice. But we can't ever see it. <laughs> well, it, it's
1: apparently streaming now. I looked it up and it is, it is findable. I'm looking it up IMDb. You can buy it on Prime Video and you can rent it on Apple TV. Cool.
0: Very cool. Oh. Well, that is like... Like it's rare rarely that somebody brings up a movie I've never even heard of on the show, but you have succeeded.
1: And <laughs> it's very underrated in my opinion.
2: That's awesome.
0: Um okay, I think Sybil knows this
2: one. Um Austin Land.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> uh cuz I brought it up in a uh now streaming. I don't know, I gave it a shot. I'm like, "Okay." And I was pleasantly surprised. You know, it's about Carrie Ann Russell's in it. She's adorable. No. Is that right? Carrie Russell. Yeah, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell is in it. And I, I like her a lot. Um, And Jennifer Coolidge, she is so hilarious in this film. I mean, she's hilarious altogether, but I thought specifically this one. Um so it's about a woman who's obsessed with um, pride and prejudice. And she finds out that there's this place you can go to called Austin land where you dress up in period clothing. And they have these storylines of falling in love with people and such. And Jennifer was hilarious. I got a kick out of uh, the, there's this scene where they're trying to like embroider and she's like sewing her glove to it. And I embroider. So I thought that was really funny, um, <laughs> but there's the love story bits are are real nice they're hot so it makes it all worth it and (laughs) it's um
1: also based on the novel by um, shannon hale so if anybody's a reader out there yeah it's based on the book
2: that too i love
0: shannon hale stuff so yeah nice i didn't know that was based on a book that's pretty cool Yeah. yeah absolutely Okay, and like I'm not going to get any more current in my recommendations, everybody. I'm going even farther back in time to 1987 for my last Boy. recommendation of underrated rom-coms, which is some kind of wonderful, which is the John Hughes movie that nobody watches, which is a shame because it's probably the best movie to watch. Wait, I love that film. Ver- um, but, like, I just listened. I just but it's listened more to under the radar though than the other I just John Hughes to, films. So,
1: I just listened to a, um, I just listened to the autobiography of who's the guy who's in that. I Eric Stoltz. His name. Yes. Eric Stoltz. And he talks about that, that movie a ton. And it's fantastic to hear the backstory of what it was like for him Ooh. to be in that FYI.
0: When I say that, like people don't know about it, Sophia, I'm not saying like, like people like us. They don't, they don't, they don't like it. Cause they don't get it. But like, if you look at like, if people talk about a John Hughes movie, like people right right away are going to say 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, like Pretty in Pink, they're not going to say, they're not going to say some kind of wonderful, even though it's like, I think the most heartfelt one, the most realistic one, the family's just like this normal family. Um, But what really makes this movie is Mary Stuart Masterson's portrayal of Watts, who is like this awesome tomboy drummer character, like, just like... Just, I love that there's this awesome character who's not being like stereotypically girly, but she's your romantic heroine. Because like, I didn't always fit into those like stereotypical feminine like boxes when I was growing up. And like, I needed examples of girls like me, you know, falling in love. And it's also like a story of friends to lovers, which is is really well done. It's not always a well done genre, but in this case, I think it works so well. And you also get Leah Thompson in there is really good too. And like, I think for modern viewers, like younger people, it might have some harsh edges. Like there's definitely, they're not using polite language in this movie. Okay. There's the, the, the school bullies are real bullies. Um, they're not like violent per se, but they're not going to, they're not using really nice language. But like, I think it's such a realistic movie, like in terms mm-hmm. of like, you know, what it was like to be a teen at that time. And like, I, it's, it's really well acted and I think it's just such a little gem of a movie. I agree and
2: and you're right. I completely forget that John Hughes directed that
0: he didn't direct I don't it think right about it, it at no, all. No. John Hughes actually didn't direct it. Howard Deutsch directed it, but John Hughes wrote, wrote it, it and wrote it. produced it, it. fine, yeah. either way, I still don't ever think of it as a John Hughes
2: film, so
0: yeah, yeah, but it's there, and it's like it's the undiscovered gem of the John Hughes universe so in my good. opinion um, and I'm going to talk about someone
2: like you,
1: which is um let's see that was nineteen. 19- no, 2001. Is it really 2001? Gosh. According to my MD, it's 2001, but I just don't believe that. It seems like it was yeah, so much older it. Than that. Yeah, I
0: believe it. That's when it was. Yeah, that's
1: 2001. That's when it was. Anyways, it has like everybody <laughs> in it. So it has Ashley Judd, it has Greg Kinnear, and it has. Um,
0: Isn't Jack Hugh
1: Jackman?
0: Jackman. Jack, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very in the lead.
1: T- Marissa Tomei and Ellen Barkin.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know Marissa No, I'm telling Tomei you, it's got
1: everybody in it. It's got everybody. But it's when Ashley Judd was at like the peak of her career. Like, she was like in every rom-com. <laughs> she, was, she was doing it all. But I really like this. It's got incredibly good writing. It's very, very snappy. It's incredibly good writing. It's really funny. And the chemistry between Hugh, and, and Hugh Jackman and she is just really good. But yeah. I'm like, like they're both always great. I don't care what rom-com they're both in. You know how sometimes you have certain actors and actresses are just really always good in a rom-com?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so this is one of those ones that – they're just really, really good together. And it's one of those, like, he has to become her roommate and she has no choice. And then they kind of, like, <laughs> fall in love.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, to kind of piggyback off the Hugh Jackman is good in everything he does, uh, I, picked, <laughs> I picked Kate and Leopold because yeah. I think he's really great in that. And um, I, when I first saw it, I'm like, eh. And then I kind of saw it again. And I was like, you know, it, gr- it grew on me. Um That's- and I, I honestly think because Mr. Hugh Jackman is fantastic, so. Yeah, it's true. Do I need to give a little more plot about that? To, uh, no, maybe people you it. don't
1: know, Kate Leopold, we have problems.
2: Okay. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's underrated. I'm just saying that, like, everyone should have seen that. I don't understand your like, life. I'm not,
0: oh, yeah. I'm not a big – I'm not a personally a big fan of that one, but I, it's no far, fault of Hugh Jackman's. But, like, yeah. <laughs> except like, well, for a Meg Ryan film too. You know,
2: like everyone's like, oh, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks and all those films. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of like Meg Ryan and
0: Hugh Jackman, and I, I like her with Billy Crystal. We all have different.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Meg, Meg Ryan can be with lots of people. She's also yeah. very good in rom com. Yeah.
0: Yes. We got to do an episode yeah. on that sometime. We've got to do a best on like the best rom com players. I think are- our one I can't remember
1: the name of, but she plays like a. Su- she's like she's a crazy woman
2: who like kidnaps a guy, and I can't remember what
1: it is, but oh. it's so good. She's so crazy. I love her.
2: Yeah, I know which one you're talking about with yeah. uh, uh, Broderick Matthew Broderick is in. Yeah, it. she kidnaps him, and I'm like, it's amazing. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. I, can't I remember don't know where the we name. are anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, we got real reel it back, reel it back. All right. So those were our underrated choices. Like and listeners, if you have any underrated rom coms that you want us to hear about again, feedback at everyromcom.com, you can email us there. Okay, so now I wanted to give us a chance just like for the audience to get to know us like outside of rom coms because you you might be curious like well what else do we watch what else are we interested in so we were going to do top ten favorite films Sybil pointed out that that seems like a lot I I kind of agree with her <laughs> so let's um let's do five though three is too few I can go first or you guys can go first I don't care go for it Jen all right well okay so I'm going to tell you like the first one I have is kind of rom-com adjacent too, to be honest. Um, Whenever people ask me my favorite movie, I kind of go into a panic, but this is the movie that's kind of been put in as a placeholder that I do think I could watch like many, many times forever. It's The Sound of Music. So that doesn't get us too far from the rom-com genre, to be honest, but like, I don't know. That's, That's a movie that goes deep with me and I feel like I could just watch it forever. And I think it is a very high quality movie. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. if I like that, that I guess would be my desert island movie. I mean, I'd probably grow to hate Julie Andrews at a certain point when I was tired (laughs) of eating coconuts, but that's just a risk we'll have to take. (laughs) Like like
1: no more of my favorite things,
0: Julie. I can't eat another (laughs) coconut. I want a crisp apple strudel. You keep singing about them, but I don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm just going to, we'll just do these in a batch. Yeah, just Just give them an order. Um, Another one that I want to shout out is The Empire Strikes Back. So in addition to romantic comedies, I do end up watching like a fair amount of sci-fi. And I grew up on the original Star Wars trilogy. And of the original trilogy, The Empire Strikes Back is my favorite. Of course, one of the reasons it's my favorite is because it has a lot of romantic scenes in it with Han and Leia. But, um, I do, I do watch sci-fi. My husband loves sci-fi. So I'll end up watching things with him too. Like Firefly is one of my favorite shows. Like, you know, Uh, I can, I can watch outside the genre. Another favorite of mine, Inglorious Bastards by directed by Quentin Tarantino, it is kind of serving as a stand-in for Quentin Tarantino's entire oeuvre. Cause like, I love Quentin Tarantino. He's my favorite director. Um, that people are sometimes surprised about when they hear I run a rom-com podcast. Like I love rom-coms. I also love Quentin Tarantino. I laugh at the scene where the Nazis are on fire and in, inglorious bastards, but there you are. <laughs> like I'd say Tarantino is probably the director I quote the most. Um, uh, think about his visual references the most and yeah I, I, that was really pivotal in my life senior year pulp fiction came out and yeah mm-hmm. so but sophia i don't know if like you you agree with that like if that was part of your life too or oh in high school uh tarantino
2: yeah i every weekend um Aaron Yost yos and i would watch uh R- reservoir dogs every like, weekend wow well, not every weekend but like okay, okay. there would be consistent friday nights i would close up the coffee shop I was working at. We'd be like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Let's go watch Reservoir Dogs. Like we, we wound up there a bit. Um, (laughs) It's so funny. I remember. Yeah. He was a big deal back then for me. I don't know that I can deal with him now. Like, okay. Okay. The violent, like I, I could not watch Reservoir Dogs now. I'd be like, fast forward on this horror and violence. So (laughs) I've grown. (laughs) <laughs> horror and violence hey. and to think that I knew that like a virgin speech
0: oh yeah we all did we would recite the like <laughs> a virgin speech at at, at that movie theater uh, I can do still do parts of it and I'm like I can do almost all of it still yeah Wow. Yeah. well Inglorious Bastards is my stand in for my favorite Tarantino like I actually like I, I like his later work better like I'm a big fan of Death Proof and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too so okay. like I, I think he keeps bringing in really good pictures and then mm. I've got like two more picks. Um, and these are like, not, I don't know. It's really hard to have like, to just be like, these are my five favorites. So yeah, that's what I probably, say. That's I know. But Passion Fish, directed by John sales, I think is one of the most beautiful uh, character studies of like dramas with, and it's got Mary McDonnell and Elfre Woodard and their performances are both amazing. The writing in that movie is amazing. Like, uh, like I don't I would be hard-pressed to think of a drama that I like more or value more or could watch more than Passion Fish and it's got comedy too. So, like that is a top 5. And then I'm going to round out the list and I'm kind of like eeny meeny miny mowing the rest of the list at this point. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to put in Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> yes, you are. And and it's it's like I and I, I laugh, but it is actually a really high-quality film. Um like Francis Ford Coppola directed it with such artistry. Like, it uses practical effects that are so amazing, so much better than CGI. Like, and the costume design won an Oscar, I believe. At least it was nominated. Soundtrack is beautiful. You just kind of have to, like, ignore Keanu Reeves' performance a little bit, or just, like, look at it as serving the plot to make Dracula look better. But, like, it's, like, also kind of a love story. So I guess, like, as much as I'm trying to show you what we like outside of rom-coms, I guess I'm proving that I, I am a romantic at heart. And, it's like, so many of the movies that are the most important to me also have romance in them.
2: Yeah. I would probably agree with that. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: All right. Well, tell us what you got, babe. Tell us what you got. Uh, I like heist films,
2: you know? <laughs> I like a, a, a heist flick. And, uh... I guess as an example of that, it's not a favorite, but one that we've watched repeatedly is that the Italian job, um, mm-hmm. the remake, not the old one with Michael Caine. I think Michael Caine.
0: Oh my um, God. Lee yeah. would, Lee would, Lee would be bothered by that. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Cause he <laughs> likes the old one. Yeah.
1: The old ones are boring. Whatever. <laughs> oh my God.
2: I agree. I agree 100%. <laughs> okay. Well, and there's like a hot little romance between Shirley's Theron and, uh, what's his name guys help me out i haven't seen it Mike, oh my god i mark, don't know mark Wahlberg. could yes i was read. like i was
1: gonna say marky mark because i'm like i can't marky, remember i but, almost yeah. went
2: marky mark too um yeah so funny so i enjoy that one um but a heisty film um even like and that one i would call a light one um even kind of darker ones or a little more dramatic the ones that like make me i get so tense i start to shake (laughs) and i freeze um i love a romantic drama you know i think a lot Mm -hmm. of the things that i run into problems with doing the rom-com is that i'm like oh this one but i'm like dang that's a drama and not funny at all um (laughs) one of them that i'm thinking of is well i love um the piano and bright star those Mm. are jane campion films and so her new one coming out. I'm like, oh, I love her, I, I but oh god, that looks terrifying. So I mean, the power yes. of the dog? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's out already. Yeah. Is it out already? Okay. It's on Netflix, yeah. It's on Netflix. It on I mean, on Netflix I've, already? I've, I've
2: watched it in
1: pieces cuz it's so hard to watch.
2: Right. Shoot. See? Yeah. Uh, have you finished it though?
1: I, no, I have not. I have not but it's it's okay. so hard. it is Because it's hard to watch. It's, it's so hard, but it's so good. Right.
2: Right. Oh, and I also love musicals. <laughs> but I mean, uh, what was I thinking? I have uh oh like newsies. Um <laughs> Come on, come on Grease, uh yeah. hairspray I had on the other day. I I love a musical. Oh, as far as like romance and films, like um rear window is one of my absolute favorites, but I also really enjoy that kind of romantic thing going on between grace kelly and um yeah jimmy stewart yeah you like love- the jimmy
0: stewart romance you were we were talking you about do. that yeah. when we did bell book and candle yeah yeah
2: <laughs> i do i love rear window i love it so much so anyway those yeah. are some some faves they're not they're not a clear window into everything i enjoy i also like documentaries i really yeah. love documentaries i watch documentaries on surfing um i watched a documentary about like training rescue dogs with my family and then i watched yeah just so that kind of goes from i love music documentaries like the last dance is fantastic um whatever i find vaguely interesting love a good docu yeah
0: there's me it makes me want to that makes me want to add a documentary to my list i'm going to do one really quick american movie okay american movie just go watch it people Okay. I'm not going to offer any explanation because it's not my turn. All
1: right. <laughs> All right. Um, I watch a lot more TV these days than I watch movies. Like I watch a lot of TV because I like the long format. And I find that we have moved more. TV has become the place that like good drama and comedy and stuff is at. Mm-hmm. But when I looked at Things that I watch over and over and over again, which for me therefore makes it my favorite movies. I'm not one of those people who picks a movie because I'm like, well, this is what it speaks to me. I'm like, these are the movies that I pick all the time. And if it's on TV, I literally can't stop watching it. It like holds my attention and will not let me go. Shawshank Redemption has been the top of my queue for forever and it's still there. Mm -hmm. It will hold my attention and not let me go. It grips me and will not let me go. The Martian, I both love the book and I love the movie. And by the way, his new Hail Mary book is amazing. So everybody should read that. Thor Ragnarok is probably up there with my favorite ah, film, period, ever. Yeah.
0: That's a fun movie. It's just movie. so damn
1: good. It's just so yeah. damn good. Really? Master and Commander, I love it. I love I love Fat Jack. He's just so great. Gattaca, I adore. I love Gattaca. I will just find myself really? being like, I need to watch some Gattaca. I probably watched it fifteen times a year.
0: I have only seen that once ever. So that's intriguing. It makes me want to watch it again and get what you see in I it. I love it yeah. so much. Um, and I'm gonna put down here the Bad Mom series
1: because I love bad moms. It's so good. and I <laughs> we don't have enough. We don't have enough female kind of like like movies that are that have become franchises.
0: Hmm. And it's a
1: female franchise, and it's so good. All and right. that's, that's what i that's what I have down for. And it's interesting because like i my favorite movies are coming of age stories and sports films because I love underdog <gasps> stories. And that's not what's on here at all.
2: Yeah,
1: but I mean, that's my favorite. Those are my favorite things. But if you look at like the TV shows and stuff I watch, that's that's what all my stuff is.
0: Interesting. What's your favorite TV show right now at this moment? Um, Friday Night Lights.
2: Okay. Oh Yes. Right. High five. I'm um, like one. my
1: fifteenth rewatch or something. Um, I just picked the library; just had it again on DVD, and I was like, oh, I can buy it for a dollar. I'm picking that first and second season up. Yes. <laughs> uh I Supernatural will always be like the TV show of my heart. Um, but Friday Night Lights is such a good show. It's such mm-hmm. a good show.
0: The TV show of my heart is Mad Men. I just I feel like I needed Ooh. to declare that. Mad Men is the TV <laughs> show of my okay. heart. Because I love Peggy. Peggy's story means like is so special to me and it reminds me of my mother. So
1: There yeah. you go. I mean, we all have the things that we love. There's such incredibly good TV out there right now. It was just there's such really amazing TV. Um, I I love Lone Star nine one one series right now. It's so good. Tim Minier is like them. the best writer ever, best producer. Love him. So, and it's like America's TV show. I could talk about Lone Star for for those <laughs>
0: years.
1: The nine one one series, the hidden series, it's like changing Americans' mind.
0: I've honestly never even heard of this, so <laughs> I know, nobody has because they're
1: not Tim Minier fans.
0: Sophia, do you want to put a TV show in? Because you have, you, you yeah, need- I'm watching Brooklyn Nine Nine,
2: and I'm laughing my butt off, and <laughs> I'm so happy about that. Like I have my headphones in, and I'll be wherever I am, and just ha ha ha. And my husband comes in, and he's like, "What is this you're watching? <laughs> like
0: you're missing out. Sit with me." So we got, we do have to wrap up, I think. But like, yeah, I had a good time. And this was great. Yeah, I had a good time talking with you guys, and. I hope the our listeners enjoyed our anniversary show, and I hope you've maybe found some ideas for other rom-coms or even other movies to watch this year. And stay
2: tuned in the coming weeks as we'll be releasing our series on Gen X rom-coms, starting with Spike Lee's first feature film, She's Gotta Have It, and including many favorite romantic comedies such as Singles, Reality Bites, Chasing Amy, and some Unexpected Surprises. Thanks for listening,
1: everyone, and have a great week.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.